discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. We are back for another discussion on the Clone Wars, the seventh season, episode eight, titled Together Again. Hello, David. How are you? Hello, everyone. All right. So here we are again for round four of Ahsoka. (laughs) Yep. Trace and Rafa. We can't forget them. And uh, I'm definitely loving Loving, loving, loving what we're doing here now. Oh, I know yeah. I was a little negative at first. Simmer down. I don't need anyone pointing fingers at me. And I was getting, I was growing a little impatient last episode. Uh, but uh, this episode was written by Nathaniel Villanueva and directed by Dave Filoni. I take that back. It was directed by Nathaniel Villanueva and written by Dave Filoni and Charles Murray. The synopsis, Ahsoka bargains for the sister's freedom and makes a startling discovery. What is that discovery, David? It just happens to be a certain Crimson Dawn person. Who? (laughs) Who is this? I mean. Who? Who are you talking about? It's it's one of the greatest characters of of the prequels. It's Darth Maul. (laughs) Who? <laughs> and I, I, dude, dude, I love the fact that they actually don't call him Darth Maul. They just call him Maul. Well, he's not a Darth <laughs> he's anymore. He's not a Darth anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty stoked. This episode was definitely. An episode like this makes some of the meandering of the last episode worth it. So I think we can definitely get behind the previous episodes. Ahsoka's storyline finally is bearing some fruit. And at last we do move forward into yes. the final phase of the final season of the Clone Wars. I know some people have been complaining about the last few episodes. And I had mentioned that it is it is time to move on as well. I did say that. Yes. And I stand by that comment, David. But I will say that when it's all said and done, years from now, we will look back and the last four episodes and the necessary groundwork for what would become Ahsoka's path, it's going to matter in a big way. Yeah, and that's why I appreciated in the last episode, I mentioned that it's a slow burn. We have to take our time with this because this is the tale of Ahsoka. You know, especially since it's being written by Filoni, he is going to make sure that the growth of this character in this chapter of her life is going to be just as important as her chapter early in Clone Wars and later in Rebels. And 
honestly, you got to take your time with a character you like this. Take your time with this character, and that's why I'm saying we're gonna look back, Dave. I, I'm pretty sure this is all gonna matter because the last few episodes are less about the bigger story of Star Wars and more about bringing resolve and closure to this particular chapter in Ahsoka's life. Yeah, because like especially when we when we take this in parallel with where we left her in previous clone war season and season six where she left the Jedi order. It's that, that bitter, it's that bitter pill that all of us fans had to swallow that. Hey, this is, we're going to end this on a somber note for Ahsoka's tale. And all of us were really saddened by that moment, but it wasn't the end of Ahsoka's life. And that's what Filoni always was saying ever since then. Ahsoka didn't die. She just she just ended a chapter of her life and her chapter continues on. Right. And of course, we know that because she has appeared in Rebels. So we know that she has lived on. And also, of course, you know, spoiler alert, she has been the character has it has been announced that she will be she will be she will be playing some part in the Mandalorian season, too. I'm going to call something that's probably a little controversial. Okay, go ahead. Do it. We like controversy on this show. By the end of this, end of Clone Wars, the final season, and by the time that the second season of Mandalorian ends where we see Ahsoka again, mm-hmm. this character's story could rival this could rival Anakin's, if you think about it. Um Yeah. With the with as much detail and how much we've grown with Ahsoka, it could rival or even perhaps even be better than Anakin Skywalker's mm. story? Mm. Maybe. I, I can't disagree. I mean, Ahsoka is a compelling character, and the fact that Baloney is essentially, he's been given free reign, it seems like, when it comes to Ahsoka, because it's a character that I don't think Lucasfilm is, the Lucasfilm movie department, I don't think they're vying to get her story out on the big screen, and because of that, Baloney's kind of left with his own creation to do what he wants and he can weave her story wherever. And that's why, Dave, if you look, I'm very good at, I'm not good at a lot of things, Dave, but I am good at breaking down scripts, scripts and writing and writing. I'm, I'm good at that. And if you look at what they're doing with her story here, there's a reason it's not about closing out her story because this is the end of the show. They're making very nuanced decisions when it comes to her development so they can steer her character in a very specific direction. They're moving her story in a direction that will give more context to the role she played in, yes, of course, Star Wars Rebels and any other story they may have planned for her. And I have a feeling that this is what they're doing that the season season seven of Clone Wars is going to be less about what we already know. We already know the Anakin Obi-Wan the story. Anakin Obi-Wan. We've been there. We've done it. And I'm sure we're going to get some. This is the Clone Wars. We're going to definitely get there eventually. But even their stories, it's all going to be connected through Ahsoka's point of view. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, especially now that we're moving into the ninth episode of the final season. We only have, what, four episodes left? Yes. And now we're going to Mandalore. Via Ahsoka, her storyline, her storyline from here on out is what we're going to 
We're going to follow her storyline and her storyline is going to take us back to Anakin and the Republic and the Jedi's. Yes. And once that happens, we're all going to realize that this story is about Ahsoka, the final season. And I'm okay with that. I think all of us are okay with that. And there's a specific reason. Like, as I said, Dave, there's a specific reason for it. It's because they're positioning her for a even bigger story once Clone Wars has wrapped. I think so. Because this is a character, while, you know, in in today's world, we always talk about the strong female characters. And people, every writer lately has tried to make their own strong female character. This character is a strong female character. This is a character that's bankable. She meets all the tickets. Yeah. She meets all the... All the all the checks and balances that she ticks all the could, boxes. Yeah, even on my Tinder profile, like when I'm looking <laughs> for hot chicks, this is the type of woman I'm looking for. Tentacles, um, are those tentacles technically? Yeah, they can yeah, be. Yeah, they can. Yeah, okay, be. tentacles. I, I call them handlebars. But... Uh, okay, <laughs> but... call them horse reins. Horse reins. My like, giddy up, <laughs> girl. It just it does make me a little com- uncomfortable. Watching Ahsoka now, and basically just going, what? she started off as a young Padawan, mm-hmm. and now she's like, she's really hot. <laughs> she's Dude, she's a really cartoon. Hot. How can she be hot, Dave? Tell me that when Rosario Dawson. Okay, once she becomes live action, <laughs> the fantasies in my head will start to form. We'll right start to now, form. I'm just I'm just not a cartoon guy. Well, listen, I can make some jokes. Like Ventress is pretty hottie, but I, but my mind goes to the live action. I'm like, listen, I love me some Ventress, but oh, please cast her in live action so I can really start to form some fantasies. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yes, Dave, her story is interesting, especially when in this episode, when Rafa told Ahsoka and that was the little bell. It's like, ding, there you go. There's the point. When Rafa told Ahsoka that you act like how she wants Jedi to be. This goes back to everything we've been talking about on our shows since 2013 about the Jedi losing their way. There was a very specific direction that the Disney era Lucasfilm wanted to take the Jedi. They wanted to show that they might have made some mistakes and it isn't just their idea. Lucas also played with this idea various times. In Revenge of the Sith, when Yoda said many Jedi, I don't know the exact phrase, but he alluded to the fact that many, it's a trait, arrogance is a trait that many Jedi have now. If you remember when they were talking about Anakin. Yeah. So, and there's other things as well. Lucas has said things in interviews. So it's not an entirely new idea, but it is something that the Disney era Lucasfilm definitely decided to grab onto and make it a theme within this new era of Star Wars. And now they've set Ahsoka on a very unique path. She saw the error, the error in the Jedi's direction before maybe even Yoda did, or before he was at least willing to admit it. Because I'm sure Yoda was grappling with these scenarios of wrong paths they had possibly taken for many years. Uh I mean, he, he was a, a tortured man. Well, you got always also, struggling. The the thing in the end of Revenge of the Sith is like that moment when Yoda is just sitting there saying that we failed. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, 
a really powerful moment for in Star Wars because it's kind of like this is when it all comes full circle where basically the Jedi, the whole thing about the Jedi, they were done in by their own hubris. Well, let's go back to um, Jedi Lost written by Kevin Scott. The story of Count Dooku and his fall. I mean, what exactly. was what yeah, was some of one. the the futures that Sifo saw? He saw a future where the Jedi became the villain, the villain, where they actually did, where they actually did overstep and take control. So, if Sifo saw that. I'm sure Yoda at some point also saw that future. Oh, yeah. He had to, especially when you, uh, I don't know if it's just because nowadays when I look back at movies, I start seeing little details here and there. Mm -hmm. When I, when I watch the prequels and I watched the prequels just recently, Yoda's scenes are very strange because to me, because like in all the scenes, Yoda seems almost kind of like there's something in the back of his mind. Oh, that yeah. Basically, he knows that he's always struggling. He's paranoid. Yes. He's borderline well, paranoid. I, I, maybe not paranoid, but he's aware that something's amiss. He's aware. It's obvious that he's aware that the dark side is shrouding their vision. And that probably makes him paranoid and concerned. But his way is not to make rash decisions. Yeah. He's a thinker and maybe that's his downfall, but getting, bringing it back to Ahsoka, Dave, because I do agree with you. We are now giving her very distinct qualities, something that they have done since we were introduced to Ahsoka way back when, but now they're doubling down. We get the, the impression that she is wise, observant, empathetic. She's what the Jedi are Should supposed be. to be. Yeah. And, and this has to play. That's what I'm saying, Dave. This has to play a the, big part in her story moving forward. Her wisdom is a massive building block of character development. Oh, yeah. It is a huge building block for her. It's not just about her physical skills. But it's obvious point. that this isn't just about the Clone Wars anymore. Yes. That this moment, the fact that they are pointing at her and saying she's wise, observant, empathetic she's what the jedi are supposed to be this isn't about giving her closure for clone wars this is about the bigger story the bigger story this is uh, it, it's about who ahsoka is the one thing that and I what, took, she will become, and what she will become and what she may end up doing and like it, it 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 very for me it's very poetic when thinking about like the last lines of Luke Skywalker and Rise, uh, Rise of Skywalker, where he says, the job of a Jedi, the confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, right? That is who Ahsoka is. Forget the politics. Forget the stuff that was around her in the Jedi Council. Forget about that. She is a Jedi by heart because, like, she's compassionate. She's wise. She Just like what you said, Rafa, uh, I think it's Rafi. Uh, Rafa. Rafa. Hmm. Rafa makes the comment that basically you're the type of person that we want the Jedi to be. And it, and it, it for me, it, it like ticked that little switch of like that moment when Luke tells Ray, hey, as Jedi's, our job is, our destiny is to confront fear. This is why, this is who Ahsoka is. Her job, what makes her is that she's the bravest person in the room. She's willing to make the sacrifices. She's willing to say, look at someone and look at two strangers. Basically, the sisters are strangers to her. 
and say, hey, trust me. Trust me, okay? Just trust me. Leave me behind. Get out of here. Or what does she do when when the Mandalorians show up? She tells the sisters, get back, get behind me. Why? Because she's she's that type of character that all she, the Jedi should a, become. She's about the people. She's about the people. She's yeah. about saving lives and being brave. She's not so much about the politics. And yes, she's mm-hmm. smart enough and intelligent enough to understand the political factors. But that's something that the Jedi definitely messed up on. They were consumed by the politics. They allowed the politics to completely blind them from what's really happening. Yeah. And, and while and, while the politics are the things that me and you have gushed over mm-hmm. about the prequel storylines, it is the Achilles heel to the Jedi order. And that's the genius of Palpatine's plan because he knew it would be. For those people that hate the prequel era, go fuck yourself. I it's amazing. Have to agree. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's not just because the Clone Wars, the movies themselves stand on their own from the political side. It's fantastic. Yeah. So and that's why, just to bring some negativity now, that's why when I look at the sequel trilogy, I'm like, wow, this is very superficial. You want to punch your you want to punch the screen. Yeah, listen, it was fun, but it's like so superficial. There's really like there's nothing really going on. And and the thing is, it has the potential. That's what's that's what's really irritating, is you see the potential. Yeah. Like like what I said, the one the when Luke looks at Ray and tells him the destiny of the Jedi, that gave me chills in Rise of Skywalker. Well, I'm thinking the way we can fix the sequel trilogy is that Ahsoka also. Let's do a story with Ahsoka that takes place after episode nine. And then we can have some rando character ask Ahsoka what her name is. And she can say Ahsoka Skywalker. <laughs> and then now she can be the legacy. Instead of Rey. She was, she was trained by the original Skywalker. You know what? As, as bad as this sounds, <laughs> she has more claim to it than what Rey. What if all like, hey, you know what? Uh, Kathleen Kennedy just gave me my first um, attempt at a movie, live action. I'm going to do it. She said I can do something uh, post episode nine. So uh, I'm going to bring Ahsoka in and uh, her name's going to be Ahsoka Skywalker. And I'm going to fix everything they did. And you know what? He would. You know that if he were to do something <laughs> like that. It sounds so bad, but you know what? He would probably would make it work. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Bo-Katan manages to convince Ahsoka they have a common enemy in Maul. And Ahsoka decides to leave for Mandalore after reconciling with the sisters, Trace and Rafa. We knew this was about to happen. They had set it up in the last episode, and yet it was still pretty fucking awesome to actually oh, see yeah. it. We had theorized it was Bo-Katana, right? During our yes, last show? We did. Yeah. Some people are saying that the armorer from the Mandalorian is also a part of the group there. I'm sorry, no. She'd be way too young at this point. That's what I was saying, Dave. I the age just doesn't add up. I mean, yes, I guess she could be older under that helmet, but then why cast a younger woman? She's in her thirties. Yeah. And so she would be maybe born at this time. It just wouldn't add up. And I'm sorry. It's too much that certain fans just want it to be the armor. They want it because it's deductive reasoning. It's deductive, it's deductive and it's bad. It's deductive, deductive reasoning. reasoning gone awry. How many times have we said that when it comes to Star Wars? It's my deductive reasoning, a, okay? Yeah, it's David's. <laughs> the Mandalorian. Hmm. Mandalorians are in Clone Wars. 
Hmm. <laughs> Ahsoka is going to be in Mandalorian season two. Hmm. hmm. This has got to be the armor. <laughs> That's a fucking reach. <laughs> <laughs> and the sad part is what happens if it does like in season two you find out it i'll is the flash armor. the video screen here with my dick if i'm wrong <laughs> if, if I'm it wrong. ends up being the armorer i will flash the camera here and if you guys want to see that you can subscribe to our <laughs> patreon page for 15 dollars a month and get the live video feed so you see my dick but i'm sure there's lots of people out there dave they're just clamoring to see mike's dick <laughs> but that, balls and all that's the thing about the fans who clamor for the armor to be one of the three uh, Mandalorians and stuff. You guys don't understand that basically the Mandalorians have been in Clone Wars before. Dude, I read an article today when I was preparing for this discussion and the writer of said bullshit blog <laughs> was 100% the armorer. It's 100% the armorer. I know that voice. Now, yes, I know live action actors can also do voiceover work for cartoons, and maybe it doesn't have to be the armorer, but it's definitely the actress for sure. I'm like, what are you basing that on? So I kept reading, looking for her sources, looking for perhaps maybe the actor that played the armorer. Perhaps she had posted on social media that she's doing voice work for Clone Wars. But no, nothing. She just she's 100 percent positive. On what? What are you basing that on? Exactly. What are you basing it on? On the fact that you watched The Mandalorian season one and and are currently watching only season seven of The Clone Wars and probably never watched the previous six seasons to know that The Mandalorians are deeply connected to this story or this series. There's a reason why it was always going to lead to The Mandalorian War. Dude, I got so angry. Uh, I read a blog uh, today and it was obvious they... And th- okay, now if it's just some like dude in a basement, then I would give him a pass. Okay, he's trying he's trying to feed his family, getting some clicks. But we're talking some of the big blogs like Comic Book, right, and a few others. I'm not going to mention their names. And it's obvious they're reporting on season seven of Clone Wars, and they have never ever seen the previous seasons. Because their justification as to why this is connected to the Mandalorian season two is that there's Mandalorians in season seven. <laughs> I'm like, dude, the Mandalorians have been a part of Clone Wars for a while. The Darksaber originated from Clone Wars. So it's obvious that they've never even watched the previous seasons, that they're just watching the new episodes as they're released. I'm like, wow. Imagine if we did shows that way. Oh, we'd be we'd be skewered, we'd be skewered on social media. Like, excuse me, sirs, you don't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> All right, so Maul, dude. My favorite part, and I don't want to be a I don't want to be a Darth Maul, bro. It's hard. I, it's it, hard. It's hard not to. It's hard not. To. Yes, thank you, David. It's hard not to be a mall bro, but when I saw Darth Maul, or uh, excuse me, his name is Maul right now, sir. <laughs> when I saw Maul, dude. And not even, not even just seeing Maul, hearing him, 
hearing Sam Whitmer again reprise his yeah his the role that he was made for. I'm sorry. I was so excited, man. Hey, what about Star Killer though, David? Star Killer was great, but I'm sorry, Sam blew blew my blew everyone's mind when he did Darth Maul in Clone Wars, and ever since then, everyone says he's Darth Maul in Solo. They use Sam's voice. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you bring up Solo because leave it up to Dave Filoni to bring everything together. Because Dave Filoni loves us. We had, <laughs> well, you and I were both big fans of Solo, a Star Wars story. And I do not understand the Star Wars fans out there that hated that movie. It's fucking amazing. It's, it's really everything funny. Star Wars should be. It's swashbuckling. It's pulpy as fuck. It's fun. Uh, it's the only movie that really, I don't want to say fan service, but really owned the expanded universe as it is now yeah. owned it. And it has the, it's what it's one of it's, the, it's what only, we've been wanting. First, it's what we've been wanting in star yeah. Wars movies. Recognize everything else. Recognize the comics, recognize clone wars, recognize these characters from ancillary media tie-ins and that's exactly what ron howard and uh kasdan did with solo a star wars story so to see filoni drive home this element and create a cohesiveness that wasn't there because we're unfortunately as of right now we're not getting that continuation of the crimson dawn story so hey filoni knowing hey that kind of sucks guys you know we're kind of in limbo right now but let me lay down some brickwork here. Sure. <laughs> Let me explain how we got there. Let me show you guys how he became, you know, in charge, essentially, of Crimson, of Crimson Dawn. Dawn. Now, yes, we already know it. You can kind of read between the lines. Now, for those people, and we're going to get to that in a second. Hold on. I'm jumping all over the place here. But for those individuals out there who aren't familiar with Crimson Dawn, Crimson Dawn was an idea that was first introduced in Solo, a Star Wars story. Yes. Crimson Dawn was a criminal organization led by the former Sith Lord Maul, who employed the gangster Dryden Voss during the reign of the Galactic Empire as the public face of the syndicate. But there are illusions that he, at that point, there are illusions that he's in control of all the crime syndicates. If we look to the prelude of Crimson Dawn, you will remember that he was already doing much of the same during the Clone Wars era. These are things that have already been introduced. And yes, Lawrence Kasdan probably utilized these elements when he crafted, not probably did, he crafted, when he was crafting Solo Star Wars Story, he no doubt used the obvious. Because as we know, before Crimson Dawn was a thing in Solo a Star Wars Story, we had the Shadow Collective. Yes. And the Shadow Collective was a group. Well, let me let me let me backstep just a bit. In order to challenge both sides, the Republic and the Separatists, Maul gathered an army of exiled Mandalorian warriors known as the Death Watch and criminal organizations such as the Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate, and the Hutt Clan into an enterprise known as the Shadow Collective. And that's what's going on right now. And now we've heard him actually vocalize the word 
Red Sun. Or, or Crimson, Crimson Sun. Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Jesus, thank you. Crimson Dawn. So that being said, all of this is very conducive with what we've seen. Yes. All they're doing is contextualizing it a bit more. Yeah. And, and it, making it fit with what we saw in Solo, a Star Wars story. It makes me it makes me a little angry that we're not going to get the continuation of the Crimson Dawn story. David, don't be too angry because I'm thinking that they're doing this because we are. Now, I'm not saying we're going to get Solo, a Star Wars story, too, because Solo's story, for the most part, we can all wave to him and say you were fantastic in Solo, a Star Wars story. It was a good time. Thank you, brother. But we're going to see you in New Hope. But there's a criminal element, the Darth Maul aspect, Crimson Dawn, with Kira and Maul that they had set up. That's the story that has to be continued. Yes. That's the part that was a huge cliffhanger. The solo aspect, we don't really need that closure because we get it. We know what happens next. That's a good point. I mean, I'm not saying we can't get it. I'm not saying they couldn't. It would be nice. But the part that they really need to focus on so we don't have that massive cliffhanger is the Crimson Dawn aspect. So, hey, listen, we have Disney+. Plus. They're looking to start new TV shows. I can definitely see them doing a Darth Maul story with Kira. Which would be really awesome. Yeah. So that could be another reason why Filoni is, is fleshing out that idea a little further. Because, and, again, Maul being in charge of the syndicates is nothing new. Yeah, and knowing Filoni, he probably has that in the back of his head that... He always, he's the man that always has his secrets, his secret projects, and everyone knows this. And you have to think that basically something like this would entice Filoni to use. Dude, if we got a Crimson Dawn story, it could literally be the best thing we've ever seen. Oh, easily, easily. Because like, I'm sorry, that Star Wars, Jedis and Sith are all well and nice, but you give if us a story about a dark side user, no user. Lo- a member, a dude who's no longer Seth, a dark side user, and he's in charge of criminal syndicates. The underworld. The underworld. That's the meshing of the best elements of Star Wars. That is the greatest elements of Star Wars, if you think about it, because like any Star Wars fans that remembers the 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 80s and the 90s you have shadows of empire that was you walk the bad. caravan of courage that was in the 80s <laughs> let's not think about that one <laughs> why sindel was great but like shadows <laughs> sindel <laughs> shadows of the empire if we could see something like that again i think that's what would be awesome if feloni said you know what they said this was redcon or retconned okay fine I'm going to bring it back fully mm-hmm. because it would be a perfect, it'd be a perfect homage to works of George from the past. Oh, George, look at you. First name basis. Well, yes. You guys know, you guys know each other. Well, fine. Mr. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd probably like to see a movie instead, but I would take a series, especially with the amount of production value that we got out of Mandalorian. Out of Mandalorian. Yeah. Easily. I mean, that's what really Mandalorian has won me over is like, I was like you, like I had issues I, with the script, but I, 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 I can't I complain about the production value feature film. Yeah. But if I could get the same cinematic quality that we got from Mandalorian, okay, fine. I can, I can live with this. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm excited, man. Like I am super stoked to see what they do. Oh yeah. I oh, mean Jesus. like that's what I loved about this episode was the fact that it opened so many doors that to possibilities that we could see. I was excited Don't for play the with mall. my heart, Filoni. Do I was not ex- play with my heart. <laughs> I was excited for the mall mall thing, but I'll be honest, when they were talking about crime lords and everything, I was like thinking it would be a cool swerve is also we don't get mall yet and all of a sudden they put Dryden Voss. And Dryden Voss yeah, is standing there. I, I was thinking that too. I was thinking that. I'm like, okay, if you could go full out, bring in Dryden Voss. But now that we know that now that we know that Ahsoka's story is gonna step away from this, it's now open for another avenue, maybe. You know, maybe it's gonna be part of Mandalorian season two, which would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So the Clone Wars series is 22 to 19 years before Battle of Yavin, right? Yes. Solo Star Wars stories, 13 to 10 years. So Dryden Voss could be a young man at this time. And you got to remember, by the time we see him in Solo, he's already. He's an older gentleman in he's his late, gentleman late 40s. And he's more He's more established at that point. Yeah. Wow. It could work, man. Oh, dude, it could easily work. And with the mind of Dave Filoni behind it, yes, please, more. I want to know more about this stuff. I want to know more about, like, you know, the Shadow Collective. And even even in, going back to this episode, the Pikes, that's an interesting, that was an interesting kind of faction. Well, they're also an interesting species. They're an interesting species. And I don't think... I think we saw we saw them definitely in solo. Yeah. But besides that, we haven't seen the pikes at all. If you think about it, this this is probably one of the few times besides solo that we got to see this alien species species. <laughs> oh man. Uh but are you drunk? <laughs> almost. I I kind of slurred my words there, but I was really impressed with how the pike syndicate within the past four episodes has steadily become more and more. Okay. They're not just a joke faction, you know, like the, 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 uh, the, the droids, you know how we always talked about how the droids are very comical and everything. Yeah. The pikes kind of have a little bit of humor, but there, there is some serious sinister behavior to them. The way that the, the, the commander was talking about how, Oh, I'm just going to torture you very slowly and then I'm going to find your family and then I'm going to torture them in front of you. I'm like, going, well, he's not, a, he's not like the droid army. <laughs> no, not, not like at all. The droid army. Dave, why don't you, we, why don't we move into our final thoughts and you can start us off. Final thoughts on this episode. And your score, please. I think that this was a really, really good episode. I'm happy that the continuing trend of the slow burn of Ahsoka's story, we could essentially say this is like the first chapter for this one and then now we're going to go into the next part i really dig the fact that in the very end you kind of get more of a gauge of ahsoka's mindset at this point is like i really was surprised that she seemed really really saddened to try to face the 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 jedi council again because the way that she left she left out of anger and she was like, oh, she told Anakin, no, I can't go back to that. Are you kidding me? That, that's something that 
I can never forgive and basically left out of anger. Here, it's more or less kind of like she's transitioned from anger to almost grief. Like she doesn't want to face the Jedis at this point. She doesn't want to see them. She doesn't want to see her old master because it hurts so much. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and I I really dig that. It's it it makes Ahsoka relatable and more realistic as a character going through these stages of what I uh, what I wrote down here it's almost like stages of grief. You have like the seven stages everyone says. You have grief, you have bartering, you have all that stuff. Ahsoka's stage of grief started out of anger. Now it's gone to sadness. Now it's gone uh, what's the next stage that she has to get to? To, and when we get to that final moment when she's back with Anakin and she's fighting alongside him, that's going to be the climax. And this this episode like literally changed what I thought this series was going to be about. Because remember, when we first started, we were like saying, oh, what was gonna, what's the ending? What do we want to see? And we were all saying, hey, we want to see Rex versus Cody. We want to see the lead up to Anakin and Dooku's final battle where Anakin beheads him in front of the emperor. And we all thought that that's where that's the series was going to end. You get to here. You're like going, wait a minute. No, that's not, this season's not about that. This season's about Ahsoka and it's about the, the, the unfinished quote unquote business with the Mandalorians. I think we're not even going to get to the first, we're not going to, we might get like a, uh, allusion to the beginning of the revenge of the Sith movie. Right. But I don't think we're, we're actually going to get anything out of that because just like what you said, we already know where that's going. We already know Anakin's story at this point. We don't know Ahsoka and we don't know what happened to the Mandalorians at that point. So my final score for this episode, I'm giving it a, let me bring it up here. I gave it a 92. It hits all the buttons. It hits every single beat. I love the characters. I even, at the end of this, I like the sisters. I hope we get to see them somewhere. Yeah, they won me over finally. They won me over. Yeah. All the characters, including, you know, like the background characters are really enjoyable. And this shows that in Filoni, I trust. Oh, look at you, David. <laughs> if it's Filoni, I trust him. So what I was your what was your percentage then? Not, it was a 92. Okay. I almost choked on something there. Right. <laughs> it was your tears. <laughs> Go ahead and zoom in on you on the camera so everyone can see your tears. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, solid episode. It was nice to see everything coming together. Uh, from the previous what three episodes or the prior three episodes, um, I was starting to lose faith just a bit. And that's only because we've been dealt a dirty hand a few times, you know, a bad hand. And um, not in Clone Wars, but just in the overall world of Star Wars of late. So I was just, I was getting myself ready. When you've had lots of disappointment in your life, Dave, you just prepared <laughs> yourself in order to get through it. Otherwise, you're going to end up slitting your wrist. You just close your eyes and open your mouth. Oh, Jesus. I'm not to that point. (laughs) I'm not going to be sucking dick in an alley just yet. (laughs) So, yes, very happy that this episode brought everything together. I feel like in retrospect, the 
the little story arc here that led to this moment is going to look going to be looked at going to be looked at a little more favorably. I know there were people complaining, but it it worked itself out by the end. I'm going to give this episode an 89%. It's solid, and I am super stoked to see what comes next. And that is it, David. We should remind people that we do have a Patreon page. If you head over to patreon.com slash Digital, you can pledge $3 or more a month and gain access to a slew of additional Star Wars discussions, reviews, breakdowns, um, the way our shows are put out every week we have mondays are the clone wars discussions wednesday is our specialty or news shows and then fridays are our patreon exclusive shows so please help us out it's the only way we can stay on the air so patreon.com slash rainman digital thank you david thank you may the force be with us ah yes (laughs) 